0: This week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Mm. Japanese government funds AI supercomputer.
1: And Intel unveils AI chip roadmap.
0: It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And, Michael, This Week in HPC, we're going to go back all about AI again. But before we get to that, I felt remiss. We covered a lot of topics from supercomputing. And one thing that uh, we had said was that there weren't a whole lot of new platform or or really any new plat- server platform or storage platform uh, news updates. And then uh, any time you say that, of course, it comes back and bites you. <laughs> right. and there's one that you missed, right? Right. And in this case, the one that we missed was from uh, Seagate. Now, my excuse for missing it isn't, isn't that I don't care about Seagate. I do, but they're local to me and supercomputing gets very crazy and they kind of fell off my calendar. We had a hard time scheduling while we were there and just said, Hey, we're going to be local. Why don't we do it when we're back home? We'll have more time. And then, Hey, I got this news and I had missed it when the press release came out, but but they did have a news announcement during SC16 that was a new platform, the Cluster Store 300N. Now, the N stands for Nitro, N Y T R O is a new line of products they're coming out with. And these are the first products from Seagate that integrate Flash into the storage for the purposes of user disk, or rather, user space. And with the Cluster Store 300n, they're advertising 33% faster sequential performance than the the Flash. Uh, boost their I/O. They're talking about now 16 gigabytes a second per scalable storage unit or SSU, and 112 gigabytes a second uh, per rack at the rack level. And available with 100 gigabit uh, interconnect, either on OmniPath or EDR InfiniBand or or 100 gigabit Ethernet. So the new Cluster Store uh 300n nitro uh bringing uh bringing in the ssds now into the mix and we missed that one before.
1: Yeah, we did. We both missed. It. In fact, I I just caught up with it today and wrote up a little uh a little piece on that that encapsulates a lot of what you just said. So, yeah, if if people are interested in that, certainly check out Top 500 and check that news. But yeah, there was a lot of news there and I have a film, there'll be some others that, that we're going to revisit as as they come out. Now, the good thing about the 300N is it's – it's uh, or not the good thing, but it's not out yet. It's actually going to be generally available next month in January. So they they previewed it at SC-16, but it, it really wasn't generally available. They're getting the uh, all of that prep now, and it's going to be uh, <clears throat> available for commercial use starting uh, in January of 2017.
0: Now, let's get to some other big news. This did go public uh, just this past week in HPC. I also did get briefed on this at Supercomputing, but I thought this is a fascinating story. Uh, Coming out of Japan, there's a Japanese uh, government division they call AIST, and there's a group within that, the AI Research Center, AIRC, that ha- now has a new initiative for yet another four letter acronym beginning with A, the ABCI. This is the important one the AI Bridging Cloud Infrastructure, where there's now going to be a $2 billion investment over 10 years, roughly $200 million a year, including $200 million this year, to build what they're calling an open AI infrastructure. AI supercomputer with bids open right now for a system to be deployed in the second half of 2017.
1: Right. In fact, uh, they're almost done with the bidding process. We should find out, I rather soon because the bidding or the, the process of that's going to end in, on December 8th, and hopefully we'll find out very soon thereafter who, who got the contract for this. But basically, this is, even though they've called it by this sort of Strange name, AI Bridging Cloud Infrastructure. It is a uh, supercomputer. It's a standalone supercomputer that, like you said, they're going to make available as a as a cloud service for AI uh, users, AI surface service developers and providers, mm-hmm. as well as other people who want to do research in this area um, as a as a cloud service. But it is a supercomputer. And it's also going to be used. At least part of the time, or part of those resources, for more traditional HPC. So they they basically had the task of making something that was was sort of optimized for these AI workloads, but would be able to handle um, HPC as well.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be a hefty supercomputer. First of all, they're talking about over 200 full-time employees as part of this program, so there are there is a lot of commitment to it. And then the number they floated out there was for it to be in the range this first supercomputer to be in the range of 130 to 200 AI petaflops. Now, before you get too excited, I think a lot of people saw that, saw the word supercomputer, and they looked at the top 500 list and they're thinking, wow, this will be – you know over 100 petaflops this is going to be up at the top of the top 500 of this. Well, don't get too excited they they specifically called them ai petaflops and you know we 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 infer from this what we know from this is these are not double precision flops that we're talking about as we've said before on this podcast and in other forums that a lot of ai deep learning machine learning gets done at at lower degrees of precision and i think this is going to be when you see that many flops, they're talking about single precision or even half precision flops as part of that number. It's not going to run LINPAC at that rate.
1: Right. I think there is going to be double precision supported here, but it'll be much lower petaflop uh, rate here. Now, they, in their fact sheet, they they said you know SP or HP, which is single precision or half precision. Now, what they actually... Uh, turns out to be once they they get the system, we'll find out. But it is it is it's not like what a lot of the uh, the coverage I've seen and and you've seen that it's going to be this uh, leadership supercomputer that's going to beat everybody back. This is going to be a, a a smaller system in that sense, but uh, something that's oriented towards these AI workloads. So they're they're aiming for for those sort of sorts of flops. Whether they're sixteen bit or thirty two bit, uh, it's it's going to be a lot of flops, and it's going to be. A, a very interesting resource because I, I sort of looked at this and said, well, this is really the first sort of HPC-like infrastructure that is now oriented towards AI. I mean, we 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 talked a little bit about the DGX Saturn V uh, system that NVIDIA built in-house and so is going to farm that out for AI workloads as well. But as far as a, a a an organization in this case a government organization building such a supercomputer and farming it out for primarily AI type of uh, applications, I think this is sort of a, a first for that.
0: Yeah. Where I disagree with you in terms of it being a first is I think this has been going on in the hyperscale market for a long time, that, that big hyperscale companies like Google and Amazon and Facebook and uh, Microsoft have, and Baidu, have these kinds of infrastructures that they ha- that look very HPC-like that are being used for deep learning, uh, machine learning, training inference. Uh, and, and that's been a big part of the hyperscale market. What's new here is that you have a public sector funding mechanism, a government funding mechanism, where part of it is to say, look, we have to keep public sector research uh, close to you know where commercial investment is going with this. That's part of their stated goal of, of not letting public sector research fall behind. And if you look at an investment of $200 million a year, that would put it in line with a second tier hyper level hyperscale organization not all the way up at the top but certainly no small potatoes now with anything with ai and deep learning the the big question you have to ask is where does all the data come from which is why it has such a strong affinity to these hyperscale cloud providers and in this case what's really interesting on the on the abci system is the public private partnership where they are working or intending to work with japanese enterprise companies to use what they're calling the, the wasted data from these organizations, where we're going to partner with these uh, Japanese enterprises to take their data, move it into this uh, nationally supported infrastructure, run AI on that data supported there.
1: Yeah, and, and according to at least a Reuters report on this, who maybe talked with some of the insiders there, uh, they're actually going to charge these entities a fee, just like a any any utility fee for using some of these cycles on this thing. So I mean, we've sort of seen this tried before and not not always successfully where a, a government agency builds this big supercomputer, has some users in mind that are commercial and is going to charge some money as a sort of a pay as you go utility. And it looks like that's what that's what the AIST has in mind here to sort of help support some of this. Now whether that works out or not, we'll we'll have to see down the road, but it looks like that's the uh, that's the economic model that they're gonna going to go for
0: here. Yeah, well, specifically, I I would not even pull a punch. I would say from a traditional HPC perspective, it has proved that that has failed. Uh, The numerous attempts to put up a publicly funded scientific HPC cloud that would be economically feasible has been tried and failed by multiple uh, entities. Now, the difference here is you're talking about a primary purpose is is deep learning, uh, machine learning. That has a much higher degree of affinity toward a cloud model compared to a traditional HPC. So it does give it a a much better chance of success. And we'll look at that with keen interest, as many people are looking at AI with keen interest. And our other story this week in HPC, Michael, has been that the, the vendors continue to make investments in AI as well. And Intel took that so far as to have an entire AI day with a flight of announcements. Now, inconveniently that took place during supercomputing and you know those of us who are committed to the supercomputing conference weren't able to attend the AI day but you in particular have looked through a lot of the materials that went online from that conference and they did make some interesting announcements there
1: yeah they sure did and it it sort of uh it sort of annoyed me that they didn't try and do this at at SC because these were fairly big announcements one of the things they talked about was a, a new chip that's going to come out next year, or they're scheduling to come out next year, called Lake Crest. And this is actually the uh, the design from Nirvana. Remember, they bought Nirvana last year, the, right. the company that was, that was heavily into AI on both the software and hardware side. Nirvana had designed something called the Nirvana Engine. And it was a custom-built accelerator for machine learning types of applications. And it was... It, it wasn't intended to be general purpose in the least it was built specifically for these training not not inferencing but training these neural networks so a very powerful um, chip and and i thought at the time that intel would just would just junk that project they've already had they already had night's night's landing which soon became night's mill that they're going to have for that so i thought this this probably doesn't have any legs on intel but to, and yes. yet <laughs> to my surprise, they're gonna commercialize this, so they're gonna take that design they're gonna they're gonna build it and manufacture it as an Intel branded chip and they're gonna call it Lakecrest is the code name now and I don't know what they call it when they productize it, but it's gonna take basically that original design uh with all what they had before and uh and try and sell it as a chip for uh these training the deep uh these deep learning networks.
0: Yeah, we had both theorized about what the what the investment there would look like, but then Lakecrest wasn't even the only announcement. If 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 they had said, "All right, we're going to put everything onto Lakecrest," then you go, "Okay, we got that wrong. They're doing this instead of that." But but Lakecrest wasn't the only announcement. They had parallel development coming from the more traditional Intel side as well, right?
1: Right. They talked about a little bit about the Xeon. They're going to have the next generation Skylake, and they in the in the context of AI. Of course, there's a lot of Xeons that are out there either as as the host chip or or just doing more traditional types of uh, machine learning types of works that you don't need an accelerator for. But also they talked about Knight's Mill, which we had talked about before. There was no particularly new information about Knight's Mill. But remember, Knight's Mill was the Xeon 5 chip that was supposed to have the, the special instructions, the 32-bit support and 16-bit support for for these AI uh workloads as well. So in that sense I became a little bit confused about their messaging there because Knight's Mill is going to also come out in 2017. Looks like alongside Lake Crest. Now Lake Crest is going to be an accelerator, so presumably on a PCIe card, whereas uh Knights Mill is going to be a standalone ship as as Knights Landing. So they're they're sort of aimed at sort of two different areas in that sense. But it looks like they're aiming for the same application area and that is training the uh the neural networks and and trying to take some of the uh, some of the momentum away from the GPU community that's doing a lot of that work today.
0: Yeah, it's well, GPUs have been very strong. You're right in deep learning. This has been a major expansion area for NVIDIA. They've made no secret yep. about that in terms of. Their ability to expand their target market. It's a market that we've been sizing now at Intersect 360 Research and are circulating some uh, estimates with our clients in terms of the current size of the market. And it's very high growth rate, is the thing. It's not just the size of the market today, which has already been formidable, but Uh, the growth rate projections that we see over the next couple of years make it a a major opportunity, a major market opportunity for the chip makers in this space. So not a surprise to see that level of investment. The real question will be how that starts to percolate through the rest of the market in terms of Do the major OEMs want to build systems around this? Or if it's predominantly through major cloud service providers where we were saying, you know, this AI, this deep learning has such a great deal of affinity toward the hyperscale cloud models, then what you really might see is it gets predominantly... uh, Uh, implemented through uh, things like Open Compute Project or Scorpio and the ODMs in the market and, you know, what's the role of the OEMs versus the ODMs in supporting these new chips? I think that's going to be the really interesting thing to watch as these chips start coming toward market.
1: Right. In fact, Intel just doesn't have the the Lake Crest uh, custom chip coming up. Uh, In the 2020 timeframe, I should say, they've also got sort of the follow on to that Lake Crest and they call it Knight's Crest and that's going to uh, supposedly integrate the the Nirvana engine here, the the custom part of that engine with a Xeon processor, so they're going to either put that on on chip or on package and put those two things together as a standalone processor sometime in the uh, down the road, three or three or so years from now, and that's going to be an even more powerful chip. And uh, like like they said for Nightcrest it's going to it's going to be much more powerful than even a, a modern day GPU. So down the road, they, Intel seems to have put a lot of effort and it's gonna invest a lot of money into this, this sort of custom version of AI. So they're looking at this space and like you said, it's not just a, a fairly big space today, but it's growing fast and they're looking at it as enough to to support that custom sort of work. So um, you know, we'll have to see how it pans out, but certainly Intel has sort of surprised me in the sense that they're gonna go down that road because uh, before now, it was it was basically all Xeons and Xeon 5s, and those definitely had a commodity component to it and a and a volume component. And this is a a little different direction for the chip maker.
0: Yep, big news coming out of Intel, and you know, interesting to see the public sector catching on. Also, AI, which we were saying is going to be a big story in HPC and and in hyperscale, really taking off to match these growth rates. Uh, And also glad we got that Seagate news snuck in there. (laughs) apologies to Seagate that we missed it the first time around.
1: All right, very good.
0: All right, thanks a lot, Michael, and thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.